Welcome to the spirit room. I'm Melissa White. And I'm Danielle Serank, also known as the Squamish Medium. We're mediums. And moms. And we're inspired to create this space for the spiritually curious, the developing intuitive, and the soulful spirit. Welcome again to the spirit room. Right, welcome everyone to the spirit room. I'm Melissa White, and I'm joined here by my beautiful friend Danielle Serank. And we're here, and we're going to be talking to you about spirit guides today. Yeah, I found spirit guides is a common question that people ask. I know we're both teachers; we both teach intuitive and mediumship development, and spirit guides is always something that comes up so it's a good topic to talk about and maybe we should start with our experiences with our own guides yeah go for it let's you start off let me know what your experience has been sure mine is kind of interesting because it's more potent and powerful looking back on it when it first happened it wasn't an insane experience but i remember being seven years old and i was at the local pool we were total latchkey kids like my parents literally used to send us to the pool by ourselves i have i would never I do that with my children i did too i did too but yeah no i wouldn't <laughs> this was 80s parenting yeah, styles totally right different. yeah and, and i met this like family who lived in a van and one of the boys came up to me he's like hi my name's skylar and i had like this like moment it was almost like the matrix where like everything slowed down and I had this realization where I was like I think I have a guide named Skylar and I remember thinking that and it was a really powerful moment because from that moment on I just had this knowing I had somebody with me but I never saw them and I never heard them but when I heard that name it was like such an imprinted moment in time for me um, but you know, I remembered that moment all growing up because Skylar my whole life has been my favorite name. Like I even wanted to name both of my kids Skylar, but my husband, he likes really traditional names. He wanted like uh -huh. Catherine, right? Catherine yes. and Nicholas. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted Skylar and Bodie. It was not going there, but it was like the name just like had a place in my heart. And so I actually didn't meet my guide like through a meditation until I was in my thirties. But that moment of just knowing back then, I remember even saying that I knew throughout my life I wasn't alone, but I wasn't super obsessed with them. I started reading about the concepts of angels when Sylvia Brown's books first started coming out and I started reading them in the 90s. And I remembered that moment with Skylar, but I never went deeper into the relationship until I started the mediumship development path in my early 30s. Um, so how about you? What was your first experience? Um, I would, it's, it's sort of interesting because I don't have like a pinpointed experience of when I know that I knew about my guides, except for, um, I did go to a meditation one night that was basically the focus was meet your spirit guide. And so I showed up and I did the medica meditation and I certainly did have an experience where I saw this woman and I felt her energy. She felt familiar to me and I was like, oh, of course that's my guide. It just seemed very natural and normal, but it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a sort of intense or anything kind of earth shattering. It was just very simply like, oh, this energy that I've always kind of maybe been aware of, but not ever thought of as a guide, you know? So kind of always, probably known that there was some kind of connection but never thought of it as like actual being a spirit guide um the way that i work with my guides too is very much kind of as a collective i i am aware that there's different aspects and different maybe you know different spirit guides that are assisting me at different times but i really address them a lot of the time as like a whole kind of like mm. hey you guys like 
um, you know, reaching out to them as a whole. Um, and I, same thing I would read, I read like Sylvia Brown books too and all that stuff. And it seemed to me some people had these amazing like conversations back and forth with their guides and the guides like telling the person what to do and where to turn left and where to go. And I was like, oh, I don't have that experience with my guides. It's more, I feel for me anyway, it's like a friendship. I know that they're with me. I do sometimes specifically ask them to help me with certain things. Um, and they do. And I, and I, I know that they're there, but I don't focus so much on, um, their individual personalities or kind of their individual persona. I, I just kind of like almost, I recognize them and I have this love for them and they're sort of like dear friends, but it's never really, um, something that I focus too much on their their specifics like their names and all that kind of stuff doesn't seem to really come into it um but I mean there has been times where um I've needed them and I know that they've helped me so um for instance one time I did do is okay if I tell you a little story Please. Yes, okay. absolutely. So, okay, so I I went to uh, the Arthur Finley College a couple of years ago. It was my first time, and I went by myself, and it was like kind of like a, I don't know, a bit of a tumultuous time in my life when I decided to up and go, um, like in my personal life. So it was kind of a big deal that I was leaving the kids, and I was going to be gone for almost 10 days at the end, you know, when it was all said and done. And... Um, I went and I stayed in a hotel um, the night before going to the college and a beautiful, beautiful place. But of course, like everything there is old. So I didn't recognize that like um, some of the stuff in the room was kind of ancient. So I went to go, I had a shower in the morning and I went to go blow dry my hair. Now I did bring an adapter and all that stuff, but my hair is like so thick and it's so like unruly. I cannot not blow dry it. Like, there's no way I can ever just, like, let my hair air dry and go out in public. Yeah. It can't happen. It's like, no, it can't. So I was like, okay, go to blow dry my hair. And it worked for, like, maybe two minutes, not even, like, a minute and a half. And then it just completely stopped. And so I kept trying it, and I tried different outlets, and I tried plugging it back in, and, like, it was not working. And so I was doing this for, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes just trying to get it to work. And I'm sitting there in tears because I'm so stressed out because I'm like, I'm going to this place. It's like, I have to go and I like want to like be confident and not feel like I'm like, um, like, you know, you don't want to feel like you're like kind of like just rolled out of bed. Right. So I was kind of like, my hair was going to be old. I knew like if I had to let it air dry and go, I was going to feel even more nervous and even more self-conscious. So I was like, so anxious, so worried, freaking out. And I remember I left the, the, um, the, left the hair dryer sitting on the floor and I went to go sit on the bed and it was turned off and I'm sitting on the bed and I was like, okay. And I just said to my guides, I'm like, listen, I know you guys are with me. I know this is stupid. I feel ridiculous asking for help with my hair dryer because I understand that there's a lot bigger problems in the world right now. But if you could just help me, I need to be able to dry my hair. It's just like, I just need your help. And I'm not even joking, the hairdryer turned on and it was <laughs> off. Like it was off. It turned yeah. off by itself. And I was like, oh no. Like I actually was like gasped. I was like not expecting it to work. And then I went and I was able to blow dry my hair. So it was kind of like this moment where I realized that like, I mean, I knew that they were there and I did help to with things before, but it was so like 
blatantly obvious that I asked them and they like made it happen. Totally. So I mean, stuff like that is just like, okay, I know that they're with me. Totally. Yeah. Going, going back a little bit too. That's really cool. I can't really actually pin down a story like that. I just ask for signs and I get them, but you know, I perceive my guides through, okay, I'm going to say this wrong, but telepathy, telepathy, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I kind of have conversations with them, but it's not like some disembodying voice telling me what to do. Like if I sit down enough and breathe through my heart center and actually have that intention to hear like my inner wisdom or my guides, um, wisdom on the situation at hand. Usually it's very self-involved. It doesn't have to do with like external factors. It's always like an inside job. Then I'm able to actually receive inspirations. And I always used to get really confused around, is that actually my higher self, my, my inner wisdom, or is that actually spirit guides? Because when I first discovered my Skylar, as an adult and could perceive him and actually see him in my meditations. I perceive him as a man that looks yeah. a little bit like Tom Cruise. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how he appears to me again. I yeah. think guides appear to us in a way that will be comforting yeah. and not scary. Totally. Um, right. And it's something that I probably our subconscious actually kind of creates more than yeah. them appearing to us. But you know, I do get like a little bit of wisdom, but I used to always like heavily rely on my guides. Like I would give them credit for everything. Like, especially as a developing medium, it's like every experience I had, I would, you know, pray to Skylar and I would work with Skylar even before God. Um, but because I hadn't grown up with a faith or religion, that was actually my first experience at anything divine. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like I became a little bit attached to the guide and through working with guides, I've realized that they actually don't want to be on a pedestal. They want Mm -hmm. you to kind of realize like maybe a lot more of the information is coming through your own soul, your own higher self more than them. And so that's what I kind of work with a lot of my students on because even with the pendulum, like when I first discovered a pendulum, like I was fully convinced that it was my guide talking to me through this pendulum. And then after a while I did realize that it was more my higher self and it was more my ego as well. Um, so interesting. It's fascinating trying to iron out the relationship with the guides. Yeah. Um, but I still do put my intentions to Skylar, my main (laughs) guide, more than anything. But I love how you talk about addressing the collective because for me, I have a hard time picturing the collective. Like I find it easier to talk to like this one spirit source. I'm like, it's you. I know that there's other guides here, but I don't, can't perceive them. So I'm just working with you and you work with them. And so it's interesting. We have different um, experiences here, but how do you perceive your guide when you communicate with that collective guide energy? Um, it's more, it's just, it's very similar to what you were saying about it being telepathic. And, um, I know students ask me a lot of the time too, like, well, how do I know it's not me? You know? And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, if you're receiving that, uh, inspiration, you're receiving that information, does it really matter You know, if it's your higher self or it's your guides? I mean, my, okay, so this is my point of view. For me, they, they'll come sometimes as a feeling. Yes, I can, I can sort of perceive one of them sort of um, clairvoyantly, uh, the one that I met in that meditation when I went to that class. I still see, I see her in my mind's eye. Um, but it's always through feeling and just like this telepathic kind of communication. Um, lots of times they, I have conversations with my guides when I'm getting ready in the morning, um, doing my hair, doing my makeup. And I feel like that's this time where I do get those sort of ideas and inspirations and have a little chat. And it is like talking to yourself, you know, having that kind of few moments of, um, bouncing ideas back and forth and that kind of thing. Um, 
But I always think too, it's almost like when I tell people about sometimes if, if it's appropriate, you know, about their spirit guides, it tends to be almost like a missing aspect of themselves. Mm-hmm. Some a lot of the time or that's what I find that my guides come in and it's like oh these missing pieces that maybe I need to re um integrate into myself you know so if I'm lacking confidence or lacking um determination in something then I feel like the guide that would kind of be working with me or the energy that's coming through is going to provide that kind of you know provide that kind of energy to me um I also think lots of times our spirit guides are past life um uh connections you know people that we've known before in previous lifetimes and um there's sort of this shared history or this understanding of each other on a soul level that's so deep you know and almost like okay all you're coming back to do the earthly experience i'll guide you this lifetime you can guide me next you know that kind of um thing so they feel they feel close in that way and very much like understanding on a soul level. Um, but I, yeah, I, I almost wonder sometimes if, if our, like you were saying, the subconscious doesn't create this persona mm. of them, you know, for us to make it almost more palatable, to make it more easily understandable for us. When Absolutely. really, yeah, I wonder if maybe, you know, these are, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Like, I think, yes, the guide, there are spirit guides and they they do exist, but sometimes I wonder if part of it isn't just these lost pieces of ourselves that kind of we reclaim and they come back to us. That's Um, Yeah. That's a perspective. I hadn't heard that before and it does sit good with my soul. So I'm going to meditate on that because I, especially when it comes to like physical appearances, like it's my true belief we're light on the other side. We're just like, part of the collective light as souls we recognize each other's lights i think even like people who come into earth with a mediumship path we carry a little bit of a different light doesn't mean it's brighter or bigger or better or worse but i think that's how come a lot of people who have mediumship abilities have like i'm putting air quotes here but hauntings and ghosts and spirit coming near when they're children and i always tell it to my younger students because i work with a lot of teens i'm like your light just shines a little bit differently and i think it's human selves that perceive them so human-like even angels right and then aliens like you even see i'm not going to get into aliens because we don't go there but even like the human perspective on what aliens look like it's still two eyes it's still a nose it's very human in a lot of ways so in a lot yeah. of ways our, our subconscious and our egos create um again these personas and this look now i want to ask you something because i don't know either if you've had a similar experience with your students or you have insight into this but one common story and i mean frightfully common um, is a lot of people come to me as adults saying you know when I was a kid or even very recently I saw somebody all in black with a black hat at the end of my bed it's always like a trench coat and a hat and I always pick up in a guide sense but so many people it's like crazy shocking how many people come to me saying that they see this figure at the end of their bed that looks shadowy French coat and a hat and they don't feel necessarily threatened um mm-hmm. I always pick up on guide feels but have you experienced that I've experienced it but not necessarily the trench coat and the hat thing like that's not something that I I would say is common that I've heard but I do feel like sometimes that is sort of like a common way that people are experiencing their guides and when they don't know then it could be a spirit guide there to kind of connect with them and to help them. It does feel a little bit startling or weird, you know, but I almost wonder if that's not, I do have lots of people say that, Oh, the shadowy thing, 
Mm-hmm. And it kind of freaks them out. And I'm like, yeah, but I wonder if that's just not how they're perceiving that because um, that's kind of in their mind already, you know, like that's kind of like the idea of what they think spirit is supposed to be or what spirit is. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I do pick up on guides too. I think that there'd be no other, there'd be no other reason for, for that to kind of occur. Um, and, but it is interesting about the coat and the hat. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think too, like even clairvoyantly, I pick up clairvoyant information, especially spirits when I feel them come near as shadows, you know, but people yeah. sometimes always think of shadows as being scary or paranormal. And I'm like, no, yeah. even I still see spirit. Like I never am a medium who describes clothing unless it's like, I can tell it's a pilot uniform or I can tell it's yeah. like a police uniform. Um, but that comes in more as a knowing, not like a clairvoyant vision. So yeah. I actually see figures, um, not with my naked eye, but with my mind's eye, like my imagination. Yeah. Um, and so I'm always working on people with that because especially depending on whatever background you come with, the concept of having a guide follow you around your whole life um, and, you know, then starting to see them, whether it's with your physical or your mind's eye as a shadow can be unnerving for people. And so I think a lot of people mistake that with ghosts or paranormal. We already have an episode all on that in our beliefs. Right. That. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of wondering because it's kind of fascinating, but I do work with a lot of people um, from a Catholic background that have a real hard time um, with the concept of a spirit guide kind of like following them. And I hate using that word following them, but that's, that's one kind of like barrier to like fully embracing the spiritual help that we get from the other side. I have found is like some of the belief systems that are ingrained in us um, growing up. Right. Well, I, yeah, I do have the same experience with people sometimes. And I think it's just recognizing and, and expressing to people that our guides, you know, you're, we're in charge of the relationship, really. You know, there's lots of people, tons of people who go their whole lives, never consider a guide, never think about having a guide, don't know that they exist, don't care, mm-hmm. right? Once we become aware, we know that there's this guidance available to us. It's up to us if we want to engage. It's up to us if we want to ask them for, you know, their their guidance or their, you know, their assistance with things. Um, and also, it's I think it's on us to also help that relationship to grow and to continue to create um, a trust, you know, a bond of trust between us and them, you know, and kind of allowing. Um, Yes, giving them thanks, you know, thanking them for coming, thanking them for being with us and um, for their assistance and sort of recognizing that they are friends and they're just a different kind of friendship, their friendship that we might not um, see them, you know, necessarily, but you can, or if you do see them, but, you know, feel them more than anything, probably feel their presence in your life. Um, And I would say, too, it's important, I talk to um, students a lot about this, about creating space in your day-to-day life to have them spend time with you. Invite them to come if you're going for a walk out somewhere beautiful in nature. Invite them to come or take a time to, you know, do a meditation and then after you're done, invite your guides in and do a little automatic writing or inspired writing um, just to kind of, with their influence, you know, to kind of foster that um, connection, you know, because we don't want to be sort of like these demanding um, humans that basically just call upon them when we're in a jam and we need help. Like I would say it's important to have like a give and take kind of relationship. Yeah. I don't know if you've done this too, but 
when I first started working with guide energy back in 2013, like really dedicating to it, I think I spent almost two years, maybe weekly, maybe biweekly. There wasn't a schedule to it, but pretty often I would sit in the meditation. I would cleanse my chakras and then I would ask my spirit guide to come forward and give me a physical sign that they were around. And so that I could identify when they're around, even when I'm not thinking about it. And so I actually have a sign from my guide now that's very physical. It's very specific. Um, and I usually get it when I'm not looking for it the most. It's like when I'm at work typing or I'm driving in the car, like my mind's going everywhere. It's like, it's so comforting when that happens, when I'm not seeking for it. And that's yeah. something I always recommend that people do. If you are interested in working with guide energy is like sit in the meditation again, like you say, ask them to come forward and ask them to give you a sign. And it might come as a sound. It might come as a symbol that you clairvoyantly pick up. It might come as like a physical sensation that you receive. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely worth like um, doing, especially for people who are more skeptical so that they can yes. be validated in yes. their appearance. Right. So I yeah. get like a finger poke in my back, but it's like, yeah. you can imagine an electric socket, like, uh -huh. uh -huh. like that on my back. <laughs> yeah. It gives me so much comfort. That's great. I think that's a great idea. Um, it reminds me, I had one guide that used to come to me a lot when I was at yoga and I would look up at the ceiling and I would see this like blue rectangle, like clairvoyantly, like with my naked eye. And I would see it kind of like on the ceiling or I guess against the ceiling because it was like the contrast, you know, you could see it um, or like around the room. And then I started seeing it other places when I was out and I'm like, what is that? Like, I was like, Am I have something wrong with my eyes? You know, because it was like happening more often. And I started to recognize as I kind of tuned into it that no, that was actually the appearance of one of my guides, the way that they were showing me that they were there, you know. And I, I don't know why it's a rectangle or why it was blue, I have no idea. Um, but that was just kind of a way that I could kind of have like a physical representation of their presence. So I think that is a cool, it's yeah, it's definitely comforting. It is. All right. So one more question I want to ask you your opinion. We've never actually discussed this, so I have no idea what you're about to say. Okay. I'm sure you get this question a lot too, but can our like, you know, brothers who pass or grandparents who pass or people who have reincarnated in this lifetime, can they come back after they pass as our spirit guides? Uh, okay. Well, yes, I, talk, I get this question a lot, talk about it a lot with people. I think if you're talking strictly spirit guide, then no, it's a bit different because your loved ones, even though it's like your grandma or whatever, they have so much emotional kind of investment in you that it would be very difficult for them to be a, like strictly a guide because they're a bit biased. Uh, they know you so well and there's that bond of sort of, um, you know, that kind of closeness that they might not be able to be totally objective, right? However, I do think that they act like it many times. They will guide us and they will be part of our team. Um, but yeah, not it's not like a, I feel like there's not a strict, you could say like conventionally that they could be like a spirit guide because technically they're like on a different, it's a different relationship. Um, but I know lots of times there's grandmas that you didn't know or great grandmas that you didn't even know and they, they will come through you know, as a guide sometimes and say, like, listen, I am guiding you, like I am taking on that role. So I think they can take on those aspects. But I mean, if we're looking at it from a very, um, you know, conventional point of view, no, it's, there is a difference. But what would you what would you say? 
I'm happy to hear you say that. That's exactly my answer always too is, and it's like, I truly believe none of us really know until we go, right? But our experience and what we have seen through thousands of readings, years of doing this work, I have seen exactly the same thing. Like if I were to pass and come back, I would not want my child to suffer. So I would be the worst guide because I would be no, 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 you're taking easy street the whole way. Here's a million dollars for the house um, because you don't want them to suffer. I see my guide's role as being, okay, you need to stand back. She signed up for this and grandma, get back there, right? Yeah. And so that's how I see the difference. But it doesn't mean like, for example, I lost this sacred shawl I had. My friend made it. I only had it for two weeks. And it was like, it took her like 300 hours. It has like 2000 crystal beads. It's like a one of a kind sacred shawl. And I lost it. And I was praying to my grandmother because she used to make things like this. And I knew that she would yeah. understand the sentiment for me for it. And so yeah. I would pray to my grandmother and be like, grandma, I need to find the shawl. I was absolutely devastated. And I kept hearing, you know, telepath- telepathically or clairaudiently, however you want to call it. And I kept yeah. saying, it will come back. It will come back. It will come back. And I just had to kind of surrender. And then sure enough, within a week, I had a call from a studio that I rented saying, Hey, I think we found your shawl. And it came back in a way that I couldn't have expected. But I do believe that that's something that my grandmother helped align, which yes. is guide ish. But yeah. I don't think my grandma has like the scroll of my life plan and knowing like, you know, I don't think that that's how they help us. Exactly. But again, like you say, just because they're so invested in us and they're so invested in our happiness and our joy. And yeah. they're a little bit closer to what we have just experienced from the earthly realm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I usually explain to people too, like your main guide. And I think that we have many guides. Right. Um, I call in sometimes when I'm teaching, like a teaching guide, like Skylar, can yeah. you bring me like somebody who loves to teach on the topic that I'm going to be talking about today and just help them inspire me. Um, and I, that's how I use my guide um, is kind of like my go-to prayer person, but you grew up with like a really strong, beautiful faith. And so I envy people like that who have like this bigger concept of divine beings and divine intelligence. Cause I'm still growing in this respect. I can't quite get there. I find it easier to pray to guides and angels yeah. and in God, because I'm yeah. like, that's such a big concept for me to right. grasp at this time. So I use Skylar yeah. in that way. Anyways, we could talk about this forever, but no, I think that's awesome. That's very cool. I love hearing about your experience with it. Yeah. So I guess to kind of wrap up the guide episode, and I'm sure we can have like a hundred episodes just on <laughs> guides. Um, yeah. What do you think? Like maybe we can give like one, like maybe really good tip each on how people can, you know, get comfortable maybe calling in their guides or the presence or what's a good tip that we can give people to walk away with when it comes to spirit guide communication and connection. Um, I would say just to kind of let it be unique to you. Like let it be um, what's comfortable for you. If you don't want to be seeing like guides roaming around, you don't have to, you know, so make it, make it your own, you know, and really, um, I would say take curiosity, experiment with different ways, go to nature, um, really recognize that your attention is such a huge part of it. I think it's like 90% of all of this stuff is your intent. So, you know, if you want to bring them into your life and you want to know them more, ask them, you know, ask them to come. Um, and then, you know, give yourself time and space in your day to actually cultivate that relationship. Don't expect that they're going to supposed to show up and then do all the work. And then also that they're not there 
to protect you from any difficulty or obstacles. Like they, they cannot fix or solve your problems. They can be there to help and they can be there to support you and definitely there to nudge you along when you need some, you know, course correction. But there's certainly not like a magic wand to kind of fix everything and make it easy. Yeah. That's what I say. I love it. All right. So my tip is going to be, and this is something that I did really early on because I'm, I call myself a really skeptical medium. Like I'm very skeptical in a lot of ways. Um, so one thing when I first started working with guide energy was I kept a validation journal and I would, you know, sit in the meditation, call them forward. I'd be like, okay, can you show me something that can be validated tomorrow? And so I would get some really specific random things and I would get, I would write down everything. And then after the day I would tick or X the things that I was able to actually validate. And what that did over the course of years, because I'm that skeptical, <laughs> um, it really helped me one understand how they communicate with me and b start to really gain faith um, and trust in you know their intention their purpose in my life and so now I'm at a point after doing all that where I just have full trust that they're there I never right. can guess it I know how they communicate with me telepathically I can tell when it's my guides inspiring me versus my ego um, because I did all that kind of like validation work really early on so that's something yeah. I kind of recommend to people who are interested in developing this relationship yeah. with the tribe. 100% I think that's a great idea and different people will need different ways you know of doing that so that's cool to offer that um same thing what you're saying about the signs you know if you want that validation ask them to bring you three of the same sign in like a period of time like say a week or something you know can you show me three of I don't know three owls or three yellow flowers or whatever it is um, I've had students do that before and they've been blown away when it actually occurs, right? And then you can be sure, like you gave them the time limit, you told them the sign. And I used to think, oh, I don't want to be bossing them around and I don't want to seem too like testy. You know, I don't want to be like testing them. But I, I came to realize that some people do need to have that, like you were saying, to like have that validation. It's important. Then you can trust because so I think it's great. I think it's a great idea. Awesome. I love it. And I love this talk. And so here's your first episode of Spirit Guides in the Spirit Room with Melissa White and Danielle Sarang. You can find me on Instagram at Squamish Medium or my website, squamishmedium.com. How can they find you, my friend? Uh, Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. And then my website, melissawhitesacredsoul.com um, is also there. Awesome. All right. We'll see you next yeah. time. All right. Thank you.